0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 1, and I'm going to go down, and we'll start at verse 9 as far as teaching goes. But let's go ahead and read through 1 through 9. It says this, Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he who be- has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think of this of you, think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers with me of grace. Isn't that good? I love this. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And so we see, and we've, we talked about the background of what uh, Philippi is, where it is, when it was written, all of those things. And um, if you want to know more about as far as specifically who Paul was writing to, you go read Acts chapter 16. And probably the latter part of 15. And you'll find out that Philippi, the book of Philippians was written to the church at Philippi. And that whole church was actually started out of a vision that Paul saw in the night of a man who said, come over and help us. And he was from uh, Macedonia. And they call it the Macedonian vision. You know, they, they, they label these things. Um, but that's where this all came out of. So if you want to know history about what took place... You can go through and see, I mean, Paul was beaten with rods there, and it was after he cast the devil out of the lady who was a fortune teller, and then the silver uh, some of the men, I shouldn't say the silversmiths, but the, some of the men in that town that were making money off of her got mad, and so they put Paul in prison. And so it was, it, it's, if, as you're reading through the book of Acts, and specifically even through there, you'll see that the tactics of the enemy through people and governments, leadership and rulers has not changed at all. It's the exact same. And oftentimes the motivation is money. Often. It it, it just, the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, it just is. And uh, so uh, that's something to be aware of. But you can see that all the way through the spirit of Antichrist operates that way. My only thought on that, and I haven't you know, dove into it a bunch, but my main thought on that is that the enemy needs money because it's his way of controlling as much as he can here on earth because money is power here. How many realize that? You know that, right? Money can money can do things um, when you have it, uh, either for righteousness or for unrighteousness, and the devil knows that, so he needs it for that purpose. But we see there how the church at Macedonia or at Philippi got started in Macedonia, and we see that they, you know, how Paul lived and what he went through in establishing the church, some of that persecution toward the church, it didn't just end because Paul started the church and left. You know, uh, it'd be nice if it was that way, but it didn't happen that way. So Paul is writing a letter back to them um, from his place in prison to encourage them because there was continued persecution against the church. You know, we have, what we have in America is very unique At at this point, how many would agree? The freedom that we possess to be able to worship and do what we do um, is is a God-given thing. It's a God-established thing. And not every single nation is built that way, not even close. And so, um, in, in this church, in Philippi, they didn't have the Constitution like we do. Okay? They didn't have a legal system that was set up to defend Christianity like we do. Their founding fathers, as far as Rome, how many know it wasn't Jesus first in Rome? Okay, it was not. Um, Much of the persecution to the church, especially initially, came out of Rome, and it's interesting that God actually made, established a legal Christianity through Rome, in the end, and I I have to believe, part of me has to believe, and people, you know, argue back and forth about whether that was right or not. I'm I'm not going to get into that. But part of me has to believe that the reason why that took place is because Paul was imprisoned in Rome. Because, and we'll see this, hopefully if we get to the verse tonight, we'll see where Paul declared that the Lord revealed to him that his imprisonment was actually like a secret service, a military force, a special forces type thing that went out ahead of the church into an extra dangerous area to clear the way for the rest of the church to come. How many know the best way to take over... um, Rome is to get the Roman citizens saved. Okay? This is the system. Now, the devil mimics this system. You guys realize this. He mimics the system. He tries to mimic the system. And so we need to be aware of that. But let's, let's look at verse 9. And we're up to verse 9 now because, you know, it's taken us th- four weeks to get to verse 9. <laughs> oh, Lord. We got to move quicker. All right. So I got to move quicker. You listen fast, I'll talk fast. Okay, he says this, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. I'm gonna read through verse uh, 11. That you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, watch this, which are what? by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So what we see in verse 9 is this. We see that Paul is praying, and that word pray has a continuous meaning to it. It has a continuous uh, um, uh, inflection as far as in the Greek. And so he's continuously, continuously praying for the Philippians that what will abound? Their love Their love will abound. He says, and this I pray that your what? Love may abound. Now watch, still more and more. Sometimes people have the question, how much do I have to love? More and more. (laughs) So my question would be, are you loving the way God does 24-7? I know you have the potential. I said, are you doing it? This is, why, this is why Paul goes on to say, now this is not, this is not a, uh, Paul's not praying that they get saved. He, this is very kin, uh, these prayers are very kin to the Ephesian prayers, to the Colossian prayers, that there would be an understanding that would take place, a renewal, a transforming of the mind to the identity of love that is within you. Now, that takes place through you being loved by God, so you have to receive the love. Amen? Now, sometimes people struggle with this. Sometimes the hardest person to love is you. I'm not talking about for other people. I'm talking about for you. Because you live with you 24-7. But nobody knows you better than the Lord, and yet he loves you with that level of love. So you might as well just take a deep breath and relax. Because you received him, amen and so you he wants if 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 our love is going to abound towards someone else, then understanding of his love for us needs to abound as well now watch that is not a hard thing to receive <laughs> Now watch. Now, now people say, but you just got done saying that it was a hard thing for us to, to receive. What I'm saying is, is that God is not the problem. He's not withholding. He's giving abundantly to you. He's giving bountifully to you. In fact, to the point that we see in Ephesians 3, that he wants you to be so filled with his love that you're a body wholly filled and flooded. With his love. And the verse that we like to quote around everything else except for what it's actually around, that he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. And that's in direct connection to a revelation of his love for you. So he loves you big. Now watch. You receive it big based on what Jesus did. So even if you have to say it out of your mouth, and I do this, Lord, I don't feel like I receive it. But I receive it. Practice it. Try it. People say, well, I, you know, you don't, they'll come up with all these reasons against what the Lord said was yours. I'm talking about Christians, I'm not talking about unbelievers. They'll come up with all the reasons, and how many know that when you do that, it's a little hammer, and the devil goes, That's not big enough. Here's a bigger one. <laughs> here's a bigger one. Hit yourself with this one. And then people wonder why they have a hard time receiving from the Lord. It's because we can't reject, you know, people say, well, I probably, I guess I can make heaven. Yes, you can make heaven, and you can receive portions of it now, including an intimate relationship with the Lord. That love needs to abound, and the word abound And this is agape love specifically. I'm not going to go into the definition of that. But the word abound means to exceed a fixed number or measure. So whatever you think you're worth in love, it's going to go ahead and exceed that. And then you can go ahead and release that to somebody else. Amen? Those are both growth points for us. If we can receive it and extend it, we're growing, we're developing. Now people say, well, I'm trying to love that person. Stop trying and do it. See, what people are actually saying is, I want to feel like I love them before I love them. That's not God's love. That's feeling. Natural love, Brother Hagin used to say this to us all the time. He said, natural love turned to hatred overnight. Because it's natural. You know, it's the statement like, and and this is this is sometimes the the well this is the natural mentality of a christian as far as love is concerned but also the world i love you i need you that's what the scripture says right for god so loved the world that he needed us that he that whatever was in you he needed that thing boy i need that that's selfishness cuz who's it about who's it about i love you i need you? I need? When God's love is I love you, here's everything that I am. Come on. (laughs) Right? This is how the church gets strong right here. Really strong, quick. If we can walk in this kind of love, which we can, but if we choose to, Which I'm going that way. That's the direction. I gotta go that way. The the, the scripture said we just read it. I gotta get to the end of my life and be filled with the fruits of righteousness. And, And believers go, that's such a why would you put that kind of burden on people? It's not a burden because it's been imparted to me already. All I need to do is tend the seed. That's it. You have the ability in you now. I have the ability in me now. The gifts and callings of God, the, 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 the impartations, and we just read it, it's by Jesus Christ. It's by his ability in me. I believe that I receive that ability. I thank you, Father. I believe I receive your love for me, that it's operating me, that you're ministering it to me. I accept it by faith, whether I feel it or not. How I many know the feelings come. And then out of that, I go, okay, Lord, you love me this way. I'm going to love them that way. And your flesh will go, don't you remember what they did to you? And you go, I purposely forgot. (laughs) Because love takes no account of a wrong suffered. And we've been looking at this in leadership on Sunday mornings, um, and if you really just want to have your toes just completely destroyed, come to leadership on Sunday mornings. It will, it will ruin you. Wear steel-toed boots. You just need to come in ready because that's discipleship 101, and it is strong. But love, the Scripture says, another translation of that verse, takes no account of a wrong suffered. It says it, nurse, it doesn't nurse ills. What happens to a baby when you nurse it? Gross. You ever look at a baby and the baby just fat? You know, they get that fat look, you know? And what, are the, what do people usually say? Well, that baby's been eating good. Some people have some offenses that have been eating good. And you're not supposed to abound in that. You're supposed to abound in love. It's actually against your nature to abound in offenses. Now Watch people say, how can you say that? Because I understand the difference between spirit and flesh. The nature of your flesh is to grow things it shouldn't. But we're not called to nurture the flesh. We're actually called to kill it. Your flesh at this point is only good for one thing, slavery. <laughs> to the will of the Lord, right? Have you ever made yourself smile when you didn't want to? See, you already know how to walk by faith. (laughs) Oh, people say, Well, I'm just putting it on. Well, you're just biblical then. (laughs) The scripture says, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So starve offenses to death. They scream. Yeah, let them die. They'll quit eventually. You can get so good at walking in love that people will think you're just naive. <laughs> but really, you're, you're in the Spirit, you are the strongest of the strong. You are the strongest of the strong in the Spirit when you walk in love. And you walk in meekness and gentleness and kindness. And when somebody does you wrong, but you don't return it. They, they, they attack you verbally, but you don't attack them back. You just let it, you let it roll off you like water off a duck's back. You don't nurse the hurt. You go, Lord, and this, I, I do this. Lord, this is what was done. Doesn't feel good, but I know what your word says, and I know the Holy Spirit comforts, and he, he has comforted me. Literally, within seconds, the thing is, it's like it didn't, almost didn't happen. Why? Because I'm not trying to do it myself. I'm doing it in his ability. I'm tapping grace by faith. Right, So we're called to abound in love. This is interesting that Paul is writing this in the middle of prison to people that are free. Abound in this love. Now, um, let's, uh, uh, that bound, again, it, that word abound means to exceed a fixed number or measure so we can walk in a limitless level of this. And we abound or we grow in it through knowledge and through discernment. Now, what does that mean? That means we gain renewal of our mind by the word of God as to what nature lives within us. And then the, the, the discernment side is how we apply what we know. Right? It's, it's putting into practice what we have learned. I see now, Lord, according to your word, now that I'm born again, I have my mind transformed to who I am in you, and who I am in you is not who I used to be. I'm a new creation. Those old things have passed away. Even, those are, even though there's a remnant of those things within my flesh, I know that by a renewed mind and a born-again, resurrected power of the Holy Spirit within me, anointing, I am to take these. To and dominate the nature that is in my flesh in other words I'm not just yielding heavy to my flesh side I'm yielding heavy to the anointing side to the God side to the nature the DNA of God that is within me I'm thinking that way I'm speaking that way and as James said you actually can control your whole body with your tongue right It's the steering wheel to your life. You can control it. You say, no, I'm not going to respond in anger about that situation anymore. You know, uh, some of your windshields in your cars need a break from talking to the person in front of you while you're driving. (laughs) If your windshield could have a playback button, because probably someday they will, but (laughs) right now they don't. In other words, and people say, well, they they cut me off. Yeah, but you're the one that got tense. It's your blood pressure that went up, not theirs. That's probably some sweet old lady. She ain't even got a clue you cut her. That she cut you off. He's just driving, man. <laughs> Verse 10. That you may approve the things that are excellent. Now why put that next? Because when you're walking in love, you're approving the things that are excellent. How many know walking in love keeps you out of sin? <laughs> you walk in love, it'll keep you right out of sin. You won't be anywhere near it because love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not self-seeking. It's not thinking about self. Brother Hagen actually said this to us. He said, if, I even, if I'm even thinking that somebody might not like me, I'm out of love. Whew. Yeah, this is deep, isn't it? So if you entertain a thought, that person doesn't like me. You're actually thinking evil of that person. This, this the, the, the demonic, the antichrist spirit is so ingrained into our culture, we don't even realize it's there without the word of God. In other words, the love of God isn't thinking, I'm not thinking, if I'm functioning within the love of God, I'm not thinking about whether Shane loves me or not. Or likes me or not. I'm thinking, how can I be a blessing to him? Come on. This is high-level Christianity. And it will keep your body at peace. Because when you develop this way and you grow this way, and you strengthen this way, then the expression of sin, the expression of the flesh is not taking place. And what do we know if if the expression of the flesh is not taking place? What do we know from Galatians? God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. So if you sow to the flesh, we know Paul said what? You reap from the flesh corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you reap from the Spirit what? eternal life right life and life more abundantly or we might say zoe and it's the god kind of life so people say well i just want my body to be healthier then walk in love stop meditating on what others have done to you wrong you'll rest inside well you don't know what it's like to work with this person i probably do they may be saying the same thing about you at their house. <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. I don't care. Whatever. It doesn't have to be work. It could be anything. Any, any, any subject. Any, any, anywhere you have interaction or potential conflict. What I found is that high school didn't stay in high school. It just moved on. So I had to, I had to something had to change. Me. I have to change. If I'm focusing on what God's called me to do, I don't have time to think about what you didn't do. I don't have time to think about it. I've got I'm fully focused on what God's called me to do. I'm not saying I'm walking in this perfectly. I'm saying we need to abound right? I need to abound. We need to grow in this area, right? And that way when we do, we will approve the things that are excellent and we will be without offense, without offense. I love that. And I look at that and go, Lord, I receive that by faith because I have not done it. But I have the grace, I have the potential, the potential for without offense has been deposited in me and it's been deposited in you. And it's not, a, it's not just a legalistic thing. I'm actually functioning out of a grace by faith with my understanding renewed to what I have and in that I dominate the nature of the flesh and I make my flesh project Jesus. How many you realize your flesh is not born again? And if you don't, just wait till something sets you off and see which part of you wants to rise up. Your flesh, you know, people say, well, I've been walking in love so, so long now, you know, I don't even know I have flesh. <laughs> you know, you, I heard Keith Moore say this years ago. He said, he said, um, I'd like to do an experiment with those people and just set a chair up in front and just slap them real hard across the face and go, tell me what you feel. <laughs> I don't care how sanctified you are. You're going to feel like slapping somebody back because that's the nature of the flesh, right? But you can be, you don't associate strength with feelings. If you're waiting to feel it, you're gonna miss it. How many of you ever been in a time of worship or prayer or whatever, and man, you just feel God all over you, and not an hour later, you're yelling at your football team, and God is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Because the quarterback got sacked. Or whatever it is. The feeling left. Why? That's natural. That's not spiritual. That's natural. That's not spiritual. But if you're functioning from the spirit, you can control how you respond. Now listen, it doesn't mean you're not going to have feelings. I'm not saying you can control how you feel, necessarily. You can be under control in your feelings but you can grow and develop to the point where you can be really mad and not even, people would not even know because you've so dominated your, your expressions. You're so in, 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 um, you're so in control in a renewed mind and understanding of who you are in Christ that you can be mad and keep yourself in calm tones, keep yourself with concise thoughts, Keep yourself in a function, and anointing of non-confusion. But the anointing is not a feeling, it's a knowing. Amen? It's a knowing. You can do this because you have His ability in you. Amen? So verse 11, he goes on to say, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. We're to be filled, which means to furnished to be furnished, we're to be furnished with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, so there's the source of the power, it's by Jesus Christ, which are to the what? Glory of God, so when people tell you, they come up to you and go, man, you've changed, you've really made some adjustments, what, you know, who's your psychologist, (laughs) who's your psychiatrist, you know, you say, Jesus, all the praise goes to, to God, Because the seed of Christ is within me, and He's teaching me by His Word and by the Holy Spirit, and there's a transformation that's taking place. In other words, I'm finding out more and more how to become a body wholly filled and what? Flooded with God. To where my eyes have God, my ears have God, my face have, my hands have God, my expressions have God, my words have God. It's all been flooded with God. And let me help you with something. You will always have to put your flesh under till the day it's new or it dies. Because you don't die. You can't. You've already passed from death unto life. But your flesh will fall off. (laughs) Your flesh will fall off. If you were like, don't laugh about that. It's hilarious. You should read some of those passages in other translations. They crack me up, because people do. We do. We, we and I understand why. Like in funerals and stuff. Like with my dad. You know, people are like, "Oh, your dad's gone. Yeah, to heaven." And not like, like if you if if you you were in the church here for years or I, or you and and you we developed a relationship and you moved to Arkansas. I'm not like, oh, they're gone. They're just gone forever. I, I know the map, the road to heaven. This is the shortest thing we will ever do. And only by the anointing of God can you laugh about death. Paul said, Oh, death, where is your sting? You guys have all heard the story about the, the uh, father and son driving in their car, and a bee gets inside the car, and the, the child is allergic to bees and freaking out, and the bee kind of gets around the dad, and the dad reaches out and grabs that bee like that. And then he, he lets it go, and it, of course, ends up dying. But the, the son goes, Dad, 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 don't let it go. I'm allergic. And he showed him, his dad showed him his hand, and the stinger was in his dad's hand. In other words, he took the sting of death out, and that's what Jesus did. The sting of death is out. It's out of me, and soon it'll be out of my flesh. It'll be out of yours. Amen? The sting of death is out. We're to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. So in in verses 9 through 11 here, we see that no matter the circumstances, we are called to continually grow spiritually and advance the gospel. Watch this. Paul is not making excuses about why the gospel cannot be spread because he's stuck in prison. He's continuing in the ministry. And what else is he encouraging, which he's experiencing, he's living out, because he said, follow me as I follow Christ. But what else is he encouraging the church at Philippi who are in persecution? By the way, guys, go ahead and increase in your love walk while you're being abused and and suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that seems totally counter to the natural thinking of the American church. Well, I just couldn't listen to the preaching because the seat was too hard. And yet Paul is declaring there's enough resurrection available that in the midst of immense persecution, you can grow in love and you can grow in spreading the gospel. You can grow in knowledge in the middle of difficult situations. You know, it'd be a pity, a real pity, if you were all dressed up with that spiritual armor and had no fight to go to. <laughs> the problem is, many times we claim we're people of faith, but really we're people of feeling. We Okay, Lord, if all my circumstances work out, if my if if all these things would if my if this would be right and this would be right and this would be right, then I could be able to be able to move on and do what you've called me to do, Lord. And the Lord is saying, by the Holy Spirit through Paul, you can go ahead and grow in the middle of prison. That baby over there agrees with me. (laughs) Come on, out of the mouths of babes. (laughs) I love it. In other words, what? We have no excuse for not growing. Come on, let's just pull all the excuses right out. Let's drain the tub of excuses. I'm gonna grow by grace through faith. You know, people, and we've, we've said this and we need to keep this in front of us. Come hell or high water, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward, why? Because I have grace within me. I have the ability of God within me and not, nothing externally can stop spiritual development. The only thing that can stop my spiritual development is if I choose to not tend the seed through relationship. Amen? It, the only thing is if I stop my faith in the midst of it, and you and listen guys. You're going to have, the, the enemy is so good at creating the picture that you can't change. He's good at it. He's absolutely, he's a master of disguise, deception, and all those things. And in the face of that, you have to go, nope, Lord, I believe you. And the, and the devil will. He will bark at you like a drill sergeant. And you, in the midst of it, you have to go, no, I'm moving forward. And the devil will say, I'm going to kill you. And you say, no, you're not. Not till I'm done, and when I'm done, then I'll go to heaven. Because Jesus told me, he told me, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I heard Keith Moore say this years ago, and this is something that just needs to be in us, and it can only come in through fellowship, through true fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you know, in in our day today, and, and we read Paul, and I really... This is not a, a slam, I just think it's, it's, it's a part of the nature, of the fallen nature and what the religious spirit that can leak its and seep its way into the church. But people today would call, they would make fun of Paul for the things that he says. He's in the middle of prison, and we'll get to this eventually, apparently not tonight. I guess I'm a three verse guy, I don't know. <laughs> You guys listen well. I'm going to blame you. How's that? I mean, no, I'm just kidding. It's just the, whatever the Lord, the, Lord's, the Lord, we, we're going to be in the book of Philippians for the next 10 years. And it's only four chapters. My goodness. So it won't hurt us. You're right. So, Jesus in his day looked at the religious leaders of his day and said, you search the scriptures to find or to look for the Messiah and I'm him. He said, you guys paint the tombs of the prophets and yet you're going to kill the Son of God. See, I don't want to do that with Paul. I don't want to get to heaven and the Lord say, well, you made it in because you believed in Jesus. But you basically painted the tomb of Paul, but you countered him on everything. I don't want to do that. I do not want to do that. Now, I know I'm not going to be perfect in this thing, but I do want to be wholehearted. So I want to have my heart in that place where I'm a faith person. So what does Paul say? Hey, guys, I'm in prison. I'm chained to another. I'm chained to a Roman soldier at all times. Be of good cheer, guys. Cheer up have joy. He says, in the midst of everything that's going on, we can still grow in love while I'm chained in prison and bound. You know, he who the sun sets free. <laughs> was Paul less free because he was in prison? No. <laughs> See why? Here's the thing. Our liberty has nothing to do with circumstances has everything to do with the resurrection within us. And he says this, he goes on to say, he said, I know I'll be delivered out of this prison because of your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, don't be such a faith person. I mean, look, you're in Rome It's the Romans that have you in prison. You're chained to a guard all the time. You're such a positive preacher. Or maybe it's the Holy Ghost. And maybe he wants his words in your mouth concerning your situation. Well, we have to look at this realistically. According to... What has the Lord said to you? Or have you picked up religious sayings? That's challenging, isn't it? But just wonderful. I mean, I'd hate to be bored in church. <laughs> what is the Lord said? Well, I guess this is just the level I've reached in my spiritual development. I guess I'm just just not going to go. No, you're supposed to abound and abound and abound and abound and grow and grow and grow. And as Keith Moore said, because you thought I forgot, but I didn't. He said this, as long as the world turns and I draw breath, I will remain in faith. It may feel like you've been knocked down over and over and over again. It may feel like you're drowning. But if you can get one nostril above water, he said this, blow a faith bubble. <laughs> In other words, what do you say? What do you say? I, all I'm doing is very simply this, fight the good fight of faith. People say, oh, I don't feel like loving them. Just love them unconditionally. People say, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to do it. And I don't care whether I feel like it or not. Congratulations. You're obeying God. And you can do that in every area of your life. Well, I have this one relative and they do this and they do that. Yeah. And love them. You'd be surprised how things can turn around. You'd be surprised the revelation and the light that comes to the whole situation when you just walk in love. Because the devil's hands get tied, and he doesn't know what to do. And people say, well, I tried that, and it got worse. That's just the devil pitching a fit before he leaves. That's all it is. That's all it is. Amen?